Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Today is going to be our interview with a creative for our winter season and we have Miss Chloe Rouse Armstrong with us and she's going to talk to us about finding the story in creative projects. Hi Chloe. Hi guys. We are so glad to have you with us. I'm super excited to be here. So I'm going to give a little bio for Chloe and then we can get right into the conversation. So Chloe Rouse Armstrong is a Hattiesburg native, a newly-ish married woman, a proud auntie, a marketing professional, and a videographer. Her passion for multimedia storytelling allows her to work with organizations and families looking to capture special moments in their lives. She loves working with nonprofits and has won several awards for her work. Chloe is a Dolly Parton enthusiast a nacho connoisseur, and an Enneagram number four, which we'll have to talk about because Joy and I have been interested in the Enneagram and haven't researched it yet. (laughs) (laughs) This is part of my favorite. This is one of my favorite parts of your biography. So, and it is, if she could live underwater, she would. (laughs) And in another life, she would be a special education teacher. So welcome, Chloe, to Party Running Life. Hi guys. So Chloe, we're gonna just dive right into the questions. And your title is multimedia storyteller, and we absolutely adore that. I think that that is the best title in the world. And inquiring minds want to know how and or why did you choose that title? I actually like. I felt like for a while that that title was just too long because everybody was just like, huh? Like, what do you do? (laughs) But I stuck with it. It's still my title. I haven't changed it because I feel like that like encompasses everything. And um, I got that actually in college. I uh, took a multimedia storytelling course and had never heard that that was a thing. And I was like, this sounds fun. Best class I ever took. Dr. Gina Gale, like coolest professor. I think she lives in Chicago now, but like just made me fall in love. Like I was a broadcast journalism major. And at that point, I think it was junior. Yeah, a junior in college. And at that point I was like, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but got to the point in college where you're like, I just need to get this degree. (laughs) And I don't think that I really want to do this, but I just need to get this degree. So that was the point I was at because <laughs> I realized it was like, I don't like being on camera. Like I love talking to people. I love asking questions and I love filming. And the only like degree that I could really get was broadcast journalism that looked like all those things. And I was like, I don't want to be a reporter. So anyway, so I took her class and it was all like everything that I wanted without the side that I didn't want so I was like this is this is me <laughs> this is, like that's what I am so yeah so that's like a long story but um yeah it's just I, I've stuck with it and yeah multimedia storyteller <laughs> so what are some characteristics of a multimedia storyteller like how does that distinguish you from the bot broadcast journalists yeah so um I always tell people like if you if you listen to NPR, StoryCorps is something that they do, and it's all like Nat Sound and I don't know. There's something like okay, multimedia is all of the things. So photo, video, your interviews, like so basically like what we're doing right now. Like if you were to just cut all this up, that's multimedia. There's something that I really love about it because it's like telling a story in you have so many other options to do it. So it's like, you don't get over it. You know what I mean? Like if I'm, if I'm spent on 
like filming an interview, I can then go and get more like Nat sound over here or, oh, well, I'm going to like bring in like this train noise in <laughs> to help tell like this actual story of like what's really taking place here. When you say a Nat sound, what is, what is a Nat sound? <laughs> N-A-T and it's like natural sound. And I forget that's like video terms, but you call it Nat sound. So like B-roll is another one. Okay. Um, but yeah, those are just like terms that you use whenever you're like filming. Um, and you're, like, yeah, you're um, almost like audio theater where they would like, if they're walking in the grass while they're talking yeah. or something, you'll have like the footsteps. Exactly. And bring it in the, okay, great. I'm yeah. sorry. I, please excuse my ignorance. I just didn't know. <laughs> no, no, I mean, that's helpful for me to know too. To be like, oh yeah, you can explain that, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but don't you love those like like those little sound bites because it mm-hmm. brings you in? So yeah, yeah. is it um, NPR? Is it This American Life or something? Mm-hmm. I love those stories, yeah. and they'll they'll be interviewing people for a little bit, and then it'll be like city noises or something. So you can definitely know that the scene is changing, and then it'll go into another piece of interview or something. Yeah, it really does give a different experience than mm-hmm. just um, than just a straight on interview. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. I think I'm with you. Yay. (laughs) So what led you just to fall in love with photography and videography in the first place? What, what drew you to that? My dad was a videographer, photographer, and that's like, he was always walking around the house with a camcorder in his hand. Like always that old school, like, you know, your hand is like this strapped in the Velcro. And it was like, it was like just an extension of him. And I just always, I mean, I just, I was always interested in kind of what he was doing, but it also just felt so like comfortable, you know, and I loved that, that he was able to do that, like that he was able to follow people around, like whether it was our family or like other things that he was working on and just kind of blend, you know? and capture those moments for people. And so I think that like sort of not even knowing that I was falling in love with that, does that make sense? Like I just sort of naturally fell into it. And like when you literally like, when you like prompted that question, I had to think about it for a while. Cause I was like, okay, well, what? I don't know, like, where did I get the most? Well, this makes sense because my dad did it. But, but yeah, thinking, thinking back on like those memories and seeing how he was able to do that for other people, it's kind of like a, it's something you can like, it's like a gift you can give people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I also hear uh, in, in your voice, I also hear like a comfortableness with it because you you grew up around it. It sounds like the videography, at least in the photography, at least was a bit natural to you. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, he definitely taught me a lot. And, um, so I'm super thankful for that. And I think, you know, yeah, just sort of naturally being around it made me more comfortable, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I, I think it was one of those things, like I loved it and I didn't realize it was a career I could pursue until later. So, yeah. Yeah. So you, you talked about your career for just a, just a brief second there. So I just was wondering is, um, is the Chloe Rouse Armstrong media situation is that like, um, a freelance thing and then you do something else or is this the only thing that you do and the reason I'm asking is because um, we have this conversation in a lot of our episodes because Joy does this full-time and I have a full-time like eight to five job mm-hmm. and then I do this <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm wondering how this works for you yeah so uh, I actually work a regular eight to five and um, I work as a marketing manager for a veterinary clinic. So yeah, so it's so kind exciting. of, yeah, it all well, it all blends because I'm able to still do my passion, which is video um, and bring that into marketing for them. So it's cool. Um, but yeah, as far as like my side business, I'm then able to use that to help other businesses too. So I'm kind of like, all over the place, <laughs> but yeah, so I do, I do weddings, but um, nonprofit organizations and businesses is something that I love being able to to help with that. 
and it's mostly just like through through video I'm able to help them in their own marketing so so yeah share with us your mindset of moment living what led you to make that a priority and how do you seek to actively incorporate that in each of your shoots that is an awesome question and a hard one too (laughs) (laughs) I think that I'm obviously like still working on that because I mean as human beings and as three working ladies I think we can all relate that it's really hard to be in whatever moment you're in and not be thinking about the 10,000 other things (laughs) that are either on your plate or in your brain like god there's so many times when my brain is just far over here and I'm doing like three other things like whether it's like laundry and work and whatever and I just can't can't be in the moment so all that to say like I try to give myself grace in terms of me being in the moment and um I think that doing that like doing the work of filming people and trying to capture those moments has certainly helped me kind of like reflect on that you know like because when I'm working if I'm filming someone I'm always looking for like their reaction I'm always trying to make sure not necessarily that they don't see me, but that I get as candid of a moment as I can in a wedding, for instance, if like the photographer is normally the one that's sort of arranging everything. And I'm kind of like, I try to just be there. I don't want to get like the staged group shot. Like I'll still get it, but that's not what I'm there to get. Like I want to get the mom that's watching the staged group shot. Cause like, you know, like her face, just seeing like the changes in her face, even like the slightest like smile change, you know? And it's just like, that's the stuff that like gets you. I think that when I'm, when I'm doing that, I'm able to be like, okay, Chloe, this is what this feels like. (laughs) So try, try to bring that back into your own life, you know? Cause like, I don't know about you guys, but I know like I can be an extreme workaholic yeah and so like like we were on vacation yes there's just so many times when I'm like you know I'm working for like you, you work for the life you want to live right and then when I'm going to live that life I'm still obligated to work or I'm still like so focused on well this next project and it's like what was the point of this? (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know if that answers that question. (laughs) I love how you mentioned that you, you actively give yourself grace in that because you're a hundred percent right. I mean, we, we're nonstop all the time. We're in that, that, um, you know, fast food drive-through culture, (laughs) you know, where we're, we're just nonstop and we always have a million things going on. So, um, first giving yourself grace, but also being more intentional and just having that thought process and having, you know, bringing that into your life in addition to the fact that you use this in your multimedia storytelling, which is so wonderful. I'm glad that you relate. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, am I crazy? <laughs> no, no, you are absolutely not. If if so, then you've got two sisters here. <laughs> We'll make a group. If it even is only the three of us, it'll be the best group ever. (laughs) Cool. Yes. yes. I'll make the (laughs) t-shirts. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I have the same thing. It's like there's just 80 things that are just running around in my head, and then my kid wants to tell me something, or um, someone needs to talk to me at work or something like that, you know? And sometimes it's hard for me to give my full focus to the conversation, and that's not fair to them. And also, um, I've been really trying to focus on like relationship building and that's a part of relationship building is to, you know, open ourselves up and allow, um, people to come in and also for us to give to other people. And, and that's hard. It's really hard, especially when you have like 
your professional life, your personal life, your family life, your married, you know, like all of these different labels that, that pull you in all of these different directions. So, yeah. So empathize with you, my friend. And, um, but also see how you are succeeding in these things as well. And you too, Joy, like just really, really pulling it off where we do need grace, but also there is celebration there too, for sure. Yeah. Celebration is important, you know, celebrating even those little things, those small moments, I think is vital to just all around good mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And bringing creativity into your life and on a professional level and on a um, a personal level is a huge reason to celebrate as well. So I love seeing you being able to, you know, like live your passion in your, in the marketplace. Not everybody gets to do that. And so, and you're doing it so well. And one way that you do that so well is by finding the story inside of your shoot. So it's not like just, okay, stand there and smile, you know, in a really good Photoshop, like you get in there and you tell a story with your, your videos that you do and you piece it together in a way that is just, um, just beginning, middle, end. And it's just this beautiful story and everybody's weeping at the end. So (laughs) that's always the goal, right? (laughs) We want to make people cry. That's our goal too, just with words. So we want to know like how you find the story in the shoot. If you can like define how you break it down into little steps for, for us and for our listeners. Yeah. I think when I'm, it obviously changes for the video or for whatever it is I'm working on, but like for weddings, no, I'm going to say for everything. Yeah. I'm going to say for everything. (laughs) I think just listening to people is my first like thing and not going in with a not going in with ego and I can explain that but not going in with an ego and not going in with like a preconceived notion of what this is so like whether it's an interview for a business or a nonprofit or I'm going to film a wedding that like I don't necessarily know their their story yet and not like like I'll go on their website, you know, I'll I'll do my research, but I try to kind of separate and not really think too much about what I think they're going to say or what I think they're going to do, what I think it's going to look like. And like as soon as I have an open conversation with someone, just really listening to them and not like okay, what, what oh, don't say anything stupid, Chloe. <laughs> well, I'm planning like is that yeah. what you like your head is trying to make a plan while you're listening to the conversation? No. But you're talking about be in that conversation. Is that exactly. right? Exactly. Because I think I used to do that when I was younger because I was so concerned with I, I've got to look professional and I've got to, you know, I need for these people to want to hire me again and recommend me. And so I've got to like be on my P's and Q's. And so now I've gotten so much more comfortable in knowing like, I'm good at what I do and I can just go into this and I'll be better at what I do if I can hear you. You know what I mean? So yeah. And so <laughs> sometimes that ends up with me, you know, being super awkward <laughs> and just, you know, like come like my response to things will be weird or something and I might get, but in the end of the day, like I could, I could like focus on that and be like, oh my God, Claire, like, why did you say that one thing? Like that was so awkward and stupid. <laughs> or I could realize like, no, I'm, I'm going to put out a really great product and who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't, so yeah, I mean, I think that that is, that's, I don't know about steps in sequential order, but I think that going into it, like I said, ego aside, forget what people are going to think of you because just take yourself out of it. Like you don't matter. Like not that, you know, I do matter, but in this situation, like this isn't about you. Um, I think that that's something that I've learned over time and I'm getting better at. So not, you know, I think that everybody is always going to be a little self-conscious, but um, working on that and, and yeah. And listening. As you were saying that, I was thinking about the writing process and, you know, the stories that we tell. You know, I think that it's very similar because, you know, you take yourself out of it and you just listen. And that's a big part of being a writer as well. So anytime there's a story involved, 
um, it's our responsibility as storytellers to listen to that story and then to relay it. Exactly. It's kind of cool. Yes. And to have as little as possible lost in translation, too, I think. That's true. So then that's kind of the goal is to get as much of as what the story is into whatever medium that we're pouring it into, right? Yeah. So ah, that was so good, Chloe. That was so good. (laughs) (laughs) What we're what we do here is kind of analyze creativity no matter the medium. Mm-hmm. because Joy and I are both like really into a lot of different creative things not just writing although that's our main uh, medium so um, what you just said about ego and listening and like um, pre- preconceived notions about and planning too much and all of those things are all things <laughs> that I think fit into any medium um, whenever you're whenever you're trying to to make a product that is good and to tell the story. Wow. Yeah, that was great. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I bet, like, I, yeah, I feel like that that's something that we can all relate to. I also love the part about how, you know, you're still learning. And I think that that is across the board for all creatives as well. We're all constantly learning our craft. There's always something new to learn or, um, you know, whether it be about the craft itself or about our, ourselves um, and about the people around us and the stories that we're, we're aiming to tell. So that's kind of cool. So rolling back around for just a second, um, while you're listening to these people and you're listening to their stories and you're putting your ego aside and all of these things and you're not planning or whatever, um, like the, you always seem to find like the, the good story. So when you're listening to them, is it just something that instinctually pops out or is there something particular that you're looking for? So here's what I think. I think that people are going to tell you the story. Like you literally just like, you don't go in with it with the story that you want out of it. Because like, especially when I'm interviewing people, I, they're, they're going to, whether they mean to or not, (laughs) they're going to tell you, they're going to give it to you on a silver platter and like you, you can, you can dig a little bit. And, um, that's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the whole, uh, making people cry is kind of the goal. <laughs> and it makes you feel a little bit like masochist, but it's also, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, to me, that's the human connector. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, especially when I'm working with nonprofits, if I, have a story say about, you know, a mom, I'm interviewing a mom that's talking about that this organization helped her child speak. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about the first time she heard her kid's voice. And you're, you know, slowly letting her tell you about that and pulling and pulling and you get to a point where you know, like, this is going to, this is going to be the breaking point. And you want that, (laughs) especially on camera. It's like, yes. Um, so I think they're, I'm always going to like pull for that, but then it's also knowing at the end of the interview, is that, is that the story or is, was that again, my ego, was that me, was I going for the right thing there or was I doing this because I knew like tears on camera, tears on camera, tears on camera, (laughs) you know? So, um. Yeah, in a nutshell, I think people are going to give you the story. And I think at the end of the day, you have to know, is this ethical? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's a good question. Yeah, especially if you're working with other people. It's a great yeah. question. And, you know, I didn't for the longest time because I was so, you know, I was like into myself. Like I was like, I want, like, I want that shot. And that's gold. That, that soundbite is going to be gold we're going to win awards for this, (laughs) like this is going to be great. But, you know, over time doing it and you, you have those long sit down conversations with people and you connect with them. And sometimes I would cry through it with them, but like at the, at the end of an interview, knowing that, okay, that's still a human being attached to that story. And this could affect them, you know, good or bad. Um, And so I try to make sure like at, 
at the end of any sort of interview like that, um, it's not really the same with weddings because it's just a happy celebra- celebratory day. But uh, most of the time, <laughs> God, yes, most of the time. <laughs> when it's not, we pretend that that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I always want to make sure that I'm telling the story that is there, but I also want to make sure I'm honoring that they're being vulnerable enough to give me that story, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I started out my career in print journalism, actually. And so that was something that, you know, in the interview process, like you're talking about, people just, they want to tell their stories. They really Mm -hmm. do. But it comes down to, you have to decide if that is something that you can share, you know, is that really something that they wanted to be broadcast or were they just simply sharing with someone who was finally listening? Um, so it's, and that's something that I tried to, cause I've taught, uh, I also love photography. May and I both love photography. So I've taught kids photography and with my own kids, you know, talking to them about taking, uh, videos and taking pictures and any of these kinds of things. And I always, always remind them, don't ever take a picture of someone and then post it without their permission. Don't even, you know, don't video someone without their permission. You know, it's such a a huge thing that I think sometimes gets overlooked with the younger generation because they all have access to cameras and they don't have that understanding of what is ethical and what is not. Right. Mm, That sounds like a whole other episode, like creative ethics or something. Yeah, yeah. I took class on that in college, and it'll mess you up. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> it's there's you know, especially at that age in college, in your your brain is still just soaking everything in, and it's almost like as in journalism, they're telling you the opposite. You know, yeah. Put your put your heart over here <laughs> because. It's the work, and it's just what's the um I can never think of the name of the photographer, but the the buzzards over the child mm-hmm. yeah. in the de- you know what I'm talking about yeah the, it's a photo that and that's what they pose. they always put it up on that big projector of a bunch of freshmen <laughs> in college and say okay what what do you see here? What would you have done? Yeah. that is a whole other that is it is but at the same time he is made like that is a powerful photo, mm-hmm. and that is everywhere and that's people see that and they're like oh god like that's happening that's the whole starving children in Africa mm-hmm. like that's where you know that's a photo that says exactly that mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he's obviously doing meaningful work but we don't know what happened afterward you know yeah I remember all of those pictures and everything it you're right especially at that time in in life like you're saying mm-hmm. it's very it sticks with you <laughs> yeah yeah, and the question there is, is that is that educational or is that manipulative? Like, I don't know. Right. I don't know. What is right? Mm-hmm. Right? Or is this wrong? Or is this business? Or is this like, you know? Yeah. Like, if it's the first thing that you're putting up there and it's like, analyze this photo, like, <laughs> how about a little, how about a little context and like maybe some lecture? On- <laughs> Throw it out there. Like. Like there was definitely a shock factor that was being sought after for that, and I don't shock factor is not one of my favorite things. <laughs> I wouldn't know that about you, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a shock factor, gal. No, not me. So, um, talking about that right story and thinking back to online and social media and everything, your Instagram posts are super thoughtful and they're calming. They're always paired with this gorgeous video teaser. So how do you choose the right story to tell on social media? Cause that's a whole other ball game when it comes to storytelling. Yeah, that's a good question. Social media is something I feel like I have not mastered at all. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's impossible to, right? Because it's constantly changing the algorithm. <laughs> oh, I hate so, that word. So that yeah, I don't um I just got a social media alert. <laughs> <laughs> they I know you're know. talking about them. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, what was that? So <laughs> I've tried to stop caring. 
because again ego is the biggest like it, i feel like it just like it's just so negative and that's what social media is doing to us right now but obviously you still have to use it because that's how we all communicate now so um yeah i mean i try to share little pieces of my personality and little pieces of the way that i work i guess in um my social media posts and like how i kind of put together videos um but for the most part like i i enjoy just doing it um it's the sharing that makes it really nerve-wracking because you don't know you know it's you, like we all put so much weight on well, how many likes am I going to get off of this? And am I going to get a new follow off of this? Is this going to turn into a new, you know, business venture? Am I going to get a new client off of this? And ultimately, like, I have to reel myself in every time because I'm like, it's not about that. It's about the person that is in that video. And what, like, are they happy? Is this something? So, like, I just posted a video, like a little wedding teaser. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm crying. Like, okay, that's what matters. Yeah. You know, forget everything else. Like she's happy. So yeah, I feel like I'm trying I'm learning to not care so much about the whole oh, I need to grow my following and how, you know, these Instagram hacks and all this and and just do the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I 100% yeah, agree. Yeah. I'm with you too. With you too. The funny thing is I've noticed when I spend a ton of time on a post and I'm like, this is like, this is going to go viral. Like people are going <laughs> to love this thing. Like yeah. I get crickets. And when mm -hmm. I just like slap something, up, I mean, not like slap something up there. Like I don't do that. But when it's something that I don't think is going to be such a big thing, yeah, it ends up being that thing. And, you know, I think that a lot of it is, you know, just being real and, and putting out um, who you are and what you do and just being very honest with it. People really, that resonates with people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you've actually influenced my social media content too, Chloe. Oh. So, um, so I'll get on your, your Instagram page and I'm reading through and stuff. And every once in a while you'll post something. It's like, it's just this thought you've been having or something that like you, the moment living, I think is one of the ones that you posted. And you were like, I'm just trying to live in the moment like right now. But it was just like this honest, genuine, thoughtful, it wasn't invasive. It wasn't like you were sharing these, you know, the details specifics about something that was going on with you. But it was just like this nice thought that you know, that you'd been pondering or something for a little while and you just decided to share it in a couple of paragraphs with this beautiful video teaser mm -hmm. with it. And I thought that that, you know, for someone who doesn't like social media, this might be the way to run social media by just being, you know, like, like socially vulnerable. Yeah. In a way, but an, an honest. So yeah, not like ripping your heart out and just like sharing all of your demons or anything like that. But just these little thoughts, these little things that cross your mind. And I just really, um, I, I kind of took to that. And I started thinking that maybe I'm not the only one who needs to hear these thoughts, or maybe I'm not the only one who are thinking these things right now. And so this might be something to share. And I actually did it. I don't know if you saw the post with like Cole and, <laughs> and Clay and their cousin. Yay, um, that was so cute. So that was inspired by you and your social Aww. media prowess. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that makes me happy. Cause yeah, that's all. I mean, I feel like that's what we should all be, especially now. Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of being like okay just what matters so yeah I'm glad that it comes across that way and not I don't know yeah like <laughs> um, and Joy mentioned I, don't, I think it was in one of our last um, episodes we did a series for like 2020 2021 the beginning like what we learned and like what we're doing um, next and she mentioned something about just being she didn't want to be a part of the noise of the internet and so she stepped away for a bit and I was thinking about that and I was like I don't want to be a part of the noise either like I want to be something that's if it's there it's there for a reason you know 
And I feel like that that's probably the answer a bit to not being a part of the noise, but being a part of the conversation. For sure. That's like, yes, that's very well said. There was, I was listening to this uh, podcast right before we got on here tonight, actually. And it's a, Oh, Word Matters, I think is the name of it. It's from Merriam-Webster. You know, they have their Word of the Day podcast, and it's only a couple of minutes. And I actually use that in school with the kids a lot. Um, But this one talks about, and this is the first time I listened to it, but it talks about um, words, like new words in the dictionary and stuff like that. And they were talking about all of this new batch of words that they just put into the dictionary. And a lot of them have come from COVID and from you know, people working from home more and things like that. And one of the words, and now I can't remember what the word was, but it was about that. It was, you know, people who uh, do things on social media so that people think that they are behind whatever movement or whatever, so that they they can look good. But it's just kind of, it doesn't have any weight to it. Superficial. yeah, Yeah, very superficial, yeah. And it goes back to everything that you were saying earlier about, you know, the listening and the learning. And those are things that, um, and I know May mentioned earlier, the being part of the conversation. So all those things go together. And I think that sometimes we just want to say something and we want to be that noise. We want to be seen or heard or whatever, when all of us should be learning and listening and, you know, just being part of the conversation. For sure. For sure. Very well said. So on a lighter note, yes, of like the things that you video of the celebratory events and stuff that you capture, um, do you have a favorite? And it can be, it can be an event like in general, or it can be like a specific something that you have done. That's a hard one. Okay. So when I think about like my favorite thing to do when it comes to work is 100% nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And so I zone in on that. Okay. Well, this, this one was actually not for a nonprofit, um, but it was a man's 100th birthday. Oh, wow. And yeah. And we had already met him. I had already, um, filmed his story and it sat in the longest interview I've ever sat in and just loved every minute of it. Cause I mean, like I'm doing on this podcast, he was going left, right behind, like the, it made zero sense, but all the sense, you know, like (laughs) he was a hundred years old. So he was telling me like all about his life. And I was, you know, slowly but surely, like, listening, okay, yeah, I want to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. Like, because I knew it was going to veer. Um, but, yeah, his, I think that his, so we had filmed that interview and pieced that together. And I think that video had already gone out by the time it was his birthday celebration that we were invited to. And he was, oh, man, he was just so precious. Like, I love old people anyway. <laughs> but he was great. And he, um he just was so appreciative and it's like you know I literally just sat and listened to you and filmed your story and he was so appreciative and his birthday was just everyone was I mean everyone was there and they were honoring him like he needed to be honored and it it was just really cool to be able to like be in the room for that um and that may seem like small because it's like, okay, but what, what did that do? And I don't think it did anything big picture, but it was, it was just like, it was really cool. Yeah. To be, I, and I remember some of his stories still and just, uh, he's not alive with us, you know, he's not here with us anymore. And that, I mean, that's, that's a piece of history, whether or not he's, other people are going to remember it or not. So, yeah. Oh, I love I that. Absolutely adore that. Mm-hmm. I, the thing is, every single person has a story, and I love that you're getting to tell some of those stories through your uh, multimedia storytelling. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and I personally think that the elderly don't, they kind of get overlooked. And so, just the fact that you picked this one, this 
a guy who was going to turn 100 and like, this is the situation. And I don't know how that came to be, but just, it, it resonates with me as well because I have a, a soft spot. <laughs> a soft yeah. spot there. I, I want to do more of that, Megan. Like I want to, I want to get into that and just, you know, Hey, you have a grandparent or a parent that you just want their story recorded. Like, let's do it. Cause mm -hmm. I, yeah, they need to be told like they've caught, especially now, you know, we just don't know what's going on in the world. And yeah. And especially with so many people can't even visit with their elderly um, yes. parents, grandparents, whoever. So they're missing those, some of those moments where maybe they would have had those conversations and they would have asked the questions and heard the stories and maybe they're not able to do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wish that was like a part of nursing homes or something like, yeah. I wish that was a thing. To do that. Mm -hmm. Just like a story person, like somebody just going in almost like a newsletter, but like a video newsletter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like Here's what Sam did today. Uh, <laughs> Sam wants to talk about this today, so we're gonna let him. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that would be that would be awesome. We would visit my great aunt Orame when I was young, and she would just tell us stories, like all the stories. Mm -hmm. And it was some of it was traumatizing. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Going back to yeah. that no filters <laughs> thing. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that checks out. Well, she grew up on, like, you know, their animals and farms situations, and there were some deaths in the family, some really horrific deaths and stuff. But, like, um, but some of them were just hilarious. And I, I just, there was something about her that after we visited, you know, like, it was almost like this relief to be able to, I don't know, it seemed like a sigh of relief. Yeah. Whenever she had to tell her stories. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that's how he felt too. It's like the appreciation of somebody listening and really listening, you know, not just because, I mean, you could set up a video and a microphone and let them talk and, and you not be a part of it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you were actively listening and you were, you know, you wanted to get him back to those places and dive deeper and learn more. And um, yeah, but you made it an experience for him. Mm -hmm. I think that's really special and probably something that made him very happy at the end. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Good choice. <laughs> right. do I, I do, what do I win, Megan? <laughs> <laughs> My heartfelt gratitude. <laughs> okay. Well, so, and we kind of did talk about this question a little bit already um, about how your your view of storytelling evolved over time when you were talking about ego and, and how you kind of started with all of that. But do you have anything to add, like about baby Chloe videographers photographer to the now adult lovely lady who we have? <laughs> um, like what was what was she like? Maybe some some top lessons or something that you've learned as you've grown from the hobbyist to the career lady. Thank you for saying that because I think that again, working ladies, we don't give ourselves enough credit in our side passions or side hustles, whatever you want to call it. Because it's like, no, if you're doing it, you're doing it. Yeah. So I'm still learning to say that that like, yeah, I do own my own business and I am a videographer and I do this so thank you um to, I'm trying to think of just I mean I've learned a lot strangely enough I think the things that I've learned has not been about the craft necessarily but about me and how I am yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah I mean that's honestly where my head is going to because mm -hmm. but most of my stuff is just how I how I take feedback, how I internalize things and how I, yeah, how I just like move with the work. Like, and again, am I going into it with a preconceived notion or am I going into it really open to what's about to happen? And that can be really hard, you know, especially yeah. if you're doing that every day. Um, just kind of, you know, like you were saying, like you don't want to open yourself up entirely to receive whatever's going to happen because people can be 
well, I don't know what I can say on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's clear. <laughs> and not nice people don't belong in your open heart. So, you know, there's, I, I think that goes back to receiving criticism and internalizing things and what, what will I, what will I allow myself to receive from you other person and not think of you as like the authority or you know the judge that's a huge one yeah you know like what and I mean I still struggle with that 100% but being able to receive criticism but not let it soak all the way in to my bones and (laughs) try to give me arthritis (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that got graphic. I think in, I think you and I maybe gone through some of the same journey though, and I still have a hard time seeing myself as an authority figure and an, an adult. And you know, there are people who are um, older than me or have been in a position for longer than I have that I hold into a higher place than my own opinions and my own in- instincts mm-hmm. too. And that's been something that I've had to learn. I'm 37 years old, and I'm still learning this thing. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you don't want to be so confident. You don't want to be overly confident because then you're difficult or you're, you know, you're sensitive or all these fun words that people like to throw at you. As if, as if sensitive is an insult. I could go on a TED talk about that. <laughs> actual TED talk. We're having you back. <laughs> I literally, like, I'll go on rants every now and then, because that's, okay, that's my number four. I am an emotional being. We'll have to do, we'll, we'll do another. Yeah. So, final question. Mountains or beach? Duh. Beach. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm obsessed with the beach. I like literally grew up like second home beach. My mom is an actual mermaid and (laughs) just like straight up, like throw the baby in the ocean and they'll learn how to swim. Like that was me and my sister. So (laughs) yeah, the beach. What about you guys? I'm more mountains. Okay. Yes, me too. But I do like, but I do like the beach. Yeah. I like the beach a lot, especially if you're with people who are fun. Um, I have a a really strange, um, I have a fear of water I can't see in. So, yeah, so I don't go into the water very much. And then when I do, like, um, it's a really big deal for me. Like, I'm like, I've conquered my fear and I feel really good about myself whenever (laughs) I do it. So, yeah, yeah, so I do try to do it very um, often. I, I have problems with jellyfish. Evidently, I was attacked by a jellyfish when I was little, and oh. so <laughs> that puts a whole other meaning to your little logo on Story Swell. Mm-hmm. It does, doesn't it? Wow, <laughs> mind blown. So I have um, a new venture, and it's StorySwell.net, and it's like a community, an online community for storytellers and story lovers, and. So the swell, you know, you've got like the waves and stuff like that, but the logo is a jellyfish. Oh. And it's so a it's gorgeous here. So yeah, so it's kind of like facing your fears, but it's also like just not you know, there's some things that you don't have to be afraid of. Yeah. You know? so cool. I need to check that out. Yeah, it's not super done yet, but uh, yeah, you can at storyswell.net. Okay. <laughs> don't burn it, Megan. Don't burn it. If it's super done, it's going to be burnt. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Well, we've been in the oven for too long. That's true. That's true. Well, Chloe, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us. Can you tell us how, if, if anyone would like to acquire your services or take a look at your Instagram or something like that, how can people get in contact with you? Okay, so my website is crmultimedia.com. Um, I'm on Instagram as Chloe Rouse Multimedia Storyteller, Facebook. But yeah, I mean, you can go to my website and reach out and inquire about any kind of video or marketing that you are interested in. That's awesome. And we will put those links in our show notes so you guys can grab them there. And I think that it is time for a QWERTY challenge. 
Yeah, Chloe um, has a wonderful challenge for you guys today. So run with it, Chloe. Yeah, okay. So I think it's super helpful to just start listening to people throughout your day um, and really kind of taking note of little things like, you know, did so-and-so tell you that it was their kid's birthday and this is what they did to celebrate or you know, that they just bought like a really good coffee from this place or they made this really awesome dinner or whatever. And just remembering that and going home with that. And, you know, even if it's just your cat, like whoever is there to listen to you, I think that it's really helpful for us to be able, especially now, to be able to look outside of ourselves and A, you know, do that for your own mental health. But B, being able to communicate back something good that happened to somebody else is a, is a great form of storytelling, and it's a good practice. So, yeah, uh, I challenge you listeners and myself because I'm still working on it. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a good, a good practice to put into place. That's I'm going to take that one, too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Okay, Chloe, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. This has been so wonderful and just a spirit lifter and a great conversation and a lot of uh, really good tidbits that you've given us to think about today. So, uh, so thank you for that. Yeah, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for doing this with us, Chloe. <laughs> thank you, guys. You guys are really good at what you do. And, like, I felt very at home in my first podcast interview. <laughs> Yay. Oh, you're a newbie. <laughs> I'm glad you could cut your teeth with us. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Okay, and go make something. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think Cordy Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting CordyWritingLife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.